fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to try this again. I'm going to close the app and uh, open it up again. Everybody that's watching us online, uh, I know that's it, but that's not giving me the control. I want control. I want to be in control. Ah! I got, see this? It says follow or control. You can't see it, but I don't want follow. I want control. I got control. In control, baby. Fight. Say fight. Fight, fight the good fight of faith. We're going to just dive right in here. We're talking about enemies of faith. Enemies. Um, there are enemies to our faith. See, you can see there's a fight of faith. Say fight. The good fight of faith. So we just want to focus on those six words right there because um, when you talk about fight, the good fight of faith, in order for it, for it to be a, this is why we call this the enemies of faith, in order for it to be a fight of faith, there must be some enemies. <laughs> right? Or there would be no fight to faith. But I love that, that it's, um, it's called a good fight. I, I have not been in many fights in my life. I've only been in one fight. I'm 0-1. I'm <laughs> and I decided I wasn't going to fight anymore. I was in grade school, and I got whooped. <coughs> and so, uh, but the thing about this Christian fight that we're in, it's a good fight. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Later on in life, I learned to connect with people who could fight. <laughs> By the time I got to college, I, I figured it out. And I had people who wanted to fight me, but, but didn't, uh, didn't want to fight me. Because I had some friends. <clears throat> they went to Snyder High School. And they knew how to fight. And their friends carried guns. They used to come and, and sleep with the guns under the couch. But let me get back. I told you I can talk some nonsense sometimes. So fight the good fight. So I love that it says, it doesn't just say fight the fight of faith. It says fight the good fight. And that lets us know that we win. All right. We've, we've actually already won. See, as believers, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. We're already victorious in Christ Jesus. Jesus finished it. He took care of your victory on the cross. So it's a good fight. And see, we don't fight the devil. The Bible never tells, well, I'm just fighting that devil. I'm you know, we're in this battle. No, no, the devil has already been defeated. That's why the Bible never tells us to fight him. It tells us in Luke 10, 19, walk on serpents and scorpions. Don't fight him. Walk on him. All right? Mark 16 says that cast, in my name you shall cast out demons. Don't fight him. Cast them out. James says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. 
resist the devil. Don't fight him. Resist him. Well, I'm, I'm just running from the devil. He can't catch me. No, the devil ought to be running from you. We resist the devil, okay? But the first part of that is submit to God. Resist the devil, okay? You can't resist the devil without first submitting to God. Amen. We're trusting God with our lives. We're living in the secret place of the Most High. Thank you, Jesus. And when we do that, we can resist him, and he will flee from you. Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. What's place? An opportunity. Don't give him a ground to step on. Don't give him a foothold. Okay? It didn't say fight him. Don't give him place. All right? So the fight that we have is a good fight. And the only good fight is a fight that we win. And we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen? Okay, so we talked about enemy number one, and that is a lack of knowledge. They're not in any necessary order. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you um, one, two, three, four, five um, enemies, okay, to your faith. They're not in any necessary order. Enemy number one, I, I, I consider that to be number two in, in priority as far as enemies are concerned. But, because I just added an enemy <laughs> that I never taught before. And that's going to be enemy number one. And we're going to save enemy number one to last. So enemy number one, which actually in priority will be enemy number two, is a lack of knowledge. How many of you are all confused right now? Okay. Enemy number, number one is a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge of the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. We're going to get to this verse later. We'll actually we'll look at it again. We looked at it before. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word about Christ. See, Christos, Christ. So, a lack of knowledge of the word of Christ. A lack of knowledge about the word of Christ is enemy number one. Enemy number two is a, which we're going to jump into right now, a failure to act like God's word is true. See, a lot of people say they, they believe the Bible, right? You believe the Bible? Yes. Yes. Amen. Okay, so, but, but do you believe it? Act, you say you believe it, Act like it's true. Let me give you some examples. In Philippians 4, 13, it says, see, it's, it, it's not enough just to have these uh, framed, these scriptures, beautiful scriptures, and frame them on the wall, all right? You, you've got to, or, or, or wristband with the scripture on it, okay? Act like it's true. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You believe that? Yes. Well, act like you can do all things. When they, when they bring you a whole lot of work to do, and your supervisor, your boss, they bring you all this stuff, and you wonder, well, how am I, how do they expect me to do all of this stuff? See, what may be happening is God is setting you up for a promotion, 
And what you should do is look at it like, since you're going to be there anyway. How many of you had, had a boss where you wanted to say something, but you didn't because you wanted that job? I mean, what are you going to do? Well, I don't have anything lined up or, you know, God didn't tell me to leave. So you're going to be there anyway. You might as well be the best of what you do. And the Bible says we should be working unto man anyway. We should be working unto the Lord. Now, that's a different concept for people. Well, I just, there's too many sinners around here, Lord. Pray for me that I, I just, see, some people, they want a, a job where they can read their Bible or listen, listening to uh, their, the stuff on their phone or read their texts or check their Facebook and things like that. Oh, I love this job. Huh? And there's no sinners around here. We're supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Man, put me in the middle of a bunch of sinners. Huh? Somebody came up to Brother Hagin one time. He said, I got, man, it's all this all this mess going on, all these sinners, they're doing all this kind of stuff, and I want you to pray for me that I, I get another job. He said, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm the only Christian in there. I'm not going to pray that God take the only light out of that place. <laughs> now, people look at you crazy when you say stuff like that, but I'm a different kind of guy. And, and, and let, me, let me introduce to you something that, that, that's, <laughs> it sounds funny, but people don't think about it a lot of times. You know, how do you expect a sinner to act? And there are no degrees of sinners. You're just a sinner or you're not. You're, you're a saint or an ain't. Hmm? Man, if I was a sinner, I would be the, I would be the best. I would be the biggest sinner. Because if I'm, if I'm going to hell, man, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have as big, I'm going to party hardy. I'm, I'm going to do as much damage as I possibly can because I don't have much time left. I don't care if you're a baby. You don't have much time left because, see, like if you live 100, 120, that's, that's short compared to eternity. I'm going to do like the Isley brothers. We're going to live it up. Everybody's got to move. Everybody got a groove. Everybody making love, show sure enough. Everybody got to live it up. See, so, but I'm not a sinner. Amen. I accepted Jesus as the Lord of my life. And see, sometimes God, see, is going to have you in an environment that, that is very toxic, very well, I don't want all that to get on me. It can't get on you. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit, man. It doesn't get on you. You, don't, you need to know who you are, see? You need to get on them. Now, they don't know who they're dealing with here. Bring me a bunch of sinners. It sounds strange, but I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable in the midst of sinners. I don't even require them to change their language. Because, see, 
I'm going to rub off on them. You understand? See, because the Spirit of God is working, even though you can't see him, he's working behind the scenes. And he's jumping on them. He's jumping all over them. And, and they'll find themselves being all convicted and, and, and like, oh, man, you know, nervous. See, that's, see, those are little signs, you know, when they're around you and they're nervous. And all it is is demons, they're trying to get you out of that environment because they are not comfortable. See, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. See, these demons, you know, they're, they're, they're uncomfortable because of that light that you bring in that place. Remember when Jesus went to cast out that, that uh, boy's, uh, that, that, that demon-possessed boy and his father uh, brought him to Jesus? <laughs> and uh, I think it was, the, it was the same incident where the disciples, they didn't get the job done, and so they brought him to Jesus, I think in Mark chapter 9. And then, uh, th- then the demon start acting a fool. I mean, he, he, he intensified the activity. <laughs> I mean, he was at one level. The demon just took it to another level right in front of Jesus. You know what Jesus said? How long has this been happening? <laughs> he, wasn't even, he wasn't even bothered. See, because, see, see, he's around, that demon's around something. He's acting up, see. But, but, but Jesus didn't let that phase him because Jesus... Those demons knew that they're around somebody that's going to give them some trouble. I mean, it was, it was over for these demons. You understand? Because Jesus is in, is in the midst. That's the way you need to be when, when you're in, a, in a, a, a bad environment. Oh, let's, let's see what the Lord is going to do with this. And then start, Lord start giving you promotion and favor above people who have been there for years. All of a sudden, just somebody, all, all, all God's got to do is speak to one person and just elevate you, elevate you above three or four people. You want to see them demons act a fool? Wait till that happens. <laughs> and you start messing with their money, and they thought they was in line for the promotion, and you just, whoop, went, went, went up above them. Is that helping somebody? Oh, yes. I didn't plan to say all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So what's that got to do with this? It's got everything to do with it. I can do all things. They bring me all that work, I can do it. And sometimes they do it just to mess with you, but then you flip it on them, and you start doing it in a, a, a quarter of the time that they thought it would take. They thought they stumped you, but then God used it to promote you. And sometimes the person that they, that they gave you the work their boss looked at that and saw that and said, wait a minute, I think they should be doing your job. They can get rid of that guy that's trying to put all that work on you and move you into that position. See, God can do all kinds of stuff. But see, all you, only thing that, see, some people, they, they overthink it. Only thing that you need to do is what's next. What, what is the Lord telling you to do, to do now, and are you in the right place? That's the only question. Are you where God wants you to be? If he told you to be there, you be there, and you stay there, and then you, you do it with a, with a good attitude, 
and, in, and you do your work as unto the Lord, and you have the attitude, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I got the mind of Christ. Praise God, I'm brilliant. I'm accepted. I'm valued. I'm, it don't make any difference how they treat you. You're accepted by, by God, and you're highly favored. Glory to God. And you are anointed. Amen. And you can't be stopped. Woo. Man, that make me want to do the electric slide. I don't even know how to... I don't even know how to do the electric slide. <laughs> I, I, I can step in the name of love, though. I can do That's the only step I know how to do, man. And I'll teach y'all that one day. Maybe at the couple's meeting. Man, I don't, okay, so... Just have the attitude, man, I can do all things. Now, you can't do all things in and of yourself. Now, you can try to do it. The psalm said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain those that build it. You can build a house. You can get the house built on your own, but you're laboring in vain. So you can do things on your own, but it, that's what causes stress. See, you, that's an indicator when you're doing things on your own is when you're stressed. See, that's a clue, that's a sign to you that whenever you're stressed, whenever you're uh, anxious, you're, you're trying to do it on your own. But how we do all things is through Christ who strengthens me. See, you're allowing Jesus to live through you. Somebody said living a Christian life is, is, is difficult. No, it's not. It's impossible. You can't do it on your own. Man, some, I, I get it. Some of them, them people on, on your job, when you're stressed, again, it's you trying to work through that. Uh-uh. Let Christ work through you. I mean, right, that, right, right, right there, man, that, that helped my marriage, took my marriage up to other levels. Cooled me out when I used to be harsh and angry about stuff. I don't get angry about that stuff anymore. He took that harshness away. And guess what? It wasn't because of me stri striving and stressing and trying. I learned a very simple prayer that helped my marriage and it's better than five days in a marriage seminar. Lord, love Carla through me. I should just close the service right now. Because then you're out of the way. Because that's, that's the, that is the only way that, that you can... Because see... What we deal with a lot of times, the longer you've been married, married and the longer you've been having marriage problems, it, it, it can be almost, it's, it's impossible to try to fix. I mean, let's just face it. You can go to all the marriage seminars. Some of you have done all of that. And it's no accident you're listening to this and watching this online right now. You, you've been, been all kind of uh, seminars and stuff, stuff, some stuff you didn't want to go to because your wife dragged you in, in there to it. And you, you sat there, and you were no better when you got out. Sometimes your husband would tell you to read a book, 
and all this kind of stuff, and, and you don't want to read the book. And, uh, and, and, and see, the longer you've been married, you've got uh, all this history. And if you've had a bad experience in marriage, then you've got all that baggage. And so the devil will have you referencing <laughs> like you got a catalog. Yeah, it's just, you just do this all the time. Two words to avoid in marriage. Always and never. <laughs> you always do. You, know. <laughs> you always leaving the, the top off the toothpaste. You never turn the lights off. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you're never going to be thinking, you know what? I wish you to turn those lights off. <laughs> I wish you to screw that uh, top on a toothpaste. I mean, what in the world does that stuff matter at the end of the day? Come on, somebody. I mean, jeez. Complain. Man. I used to know a guy. I used to ask him. He's not married to that person. He remarried. But I used to ask him. He had the same answer every time. How's the family? How's your wife and children? Breathing and complaining. <laughs> if they stop doing one of those two things, I worry. <laughs> every time, I mean, how's your family? I almost didn't want to ask him. Breathing and complaining. If they stop doing one of those two things, I worry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, if you got kids, you know, man, about complaining. Who can they complain? And so, hey, man, so what? And the older you get, the more they complain. Man, you wish for those days when they would just sit there and you'd feed them and they'd sit there and they eat. Amen. Then when they, they get they they grow up and they're telling you how to dress. I can't believe I, I can't believe you wearing that. We used to put their clothes on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. They get old enough. You know how and they they get old enough, then now they can go on their own now. I'm like Sinbad. You want to get rid of, I, I, I know how, how to get rid of kids. You know, you, when they get older and you want to get rid of them, you want them out the house, you just go walk around naked. <laughs> and then they will, they will leave. <laughs> so what am I talking about? I'm talking about marriage. I'm helping your marriage today. Man, I'm fixing a lot of stuff today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's our house. We can do what we want. Thank you, Jesus. I think, I think we're going to get an apartment. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. So, Lord, Lord, love Carla through me. 
avoid always and never. Because is that really true? You always, it's not true. You're not always. I mean, they have a good day once in a while. I mean, you never tell me that you love me. I'm more like did it last night. Well, that was just once. Yeah, well, they did it. See, you, you can allow little things to bother you. And, and see, only, see, when, when you've had all of this, don't, let, let me say this. The, the Lord is helping me today. I mean, I can say some comical things, but I'm, I'm telling you things that will help you. The Lord is using me. Most of the stuff I'm saying is from the Lord. <laughs> you get a little nonsense in there, but the, 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 thing, the thing about it is this. It's just natural to go back and, and reference things from the past that w- was bad. And when, when, because that's just natural. So how, how do you avoid that? Allowing Christ. You can have a good marriage through Christ who strengthens you. Let him love your spouse through you. You, you become. See, it's no longer you who live like Paul says. It's like a paradox. It's you, but it's, but it's him. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. See, first of all, you need to realize you died. See, we're, we're, not, we're, not, trying to, uh, we're not trying to die. Wow, we, gotta, we just got to crucify our flesh. We got to die daily. Anybody ever heard that? No, actually, in the Greek, this is where that comes from is when Paul says, um, when he said, I die daily, if you look at, at that in some other translations, it bears out what it really means. I face death daily. Because if he said he died, I mean, he would contradict other scriptures that said, I'm crucified with Christ. He said, I died with Christ. You're already dead. So don't go around killing yourself. You're already dead. You died in Christ. And if Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. That's a paradox. I live, but yet it's it's you, but it's him. When you allow him to work through you. But Christ lives in me. There it is. And the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not in the Son of God, but faith of the Son of God. It's his faith. Lord, what kind of faith do you have for my marriage? Lord, do you believe my marriage will work? I'm preaching here. Lord, what do you, do you believe that this relationship will work? Do you believe this marriage will work? Then, Lord, it's yes. Lord can fix any marriage. Just because you can't fix your marriage don't mean it can't be fixed. The Lord can fix any marriage. Now, I'm not one of those preachers that, 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 that think that you just need to put up with anything and just stay with a fool. And I know that the Lord will lead some people out of some abusive relationships, mentally abusive uh, uh, physically abusive, 
the dude that, 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 that can't stop cheating and girls. Huh? But that doesn't mean because they cheat, you know, one time, two times, I don't know how many times. You have to be led by the Spirit. But even when they cheat, the Lord can fix that thing. And, and, and it'd be like it never happened. See, only the Lord can do that. It's only, see, you can't do that. Listen, I'm telling you, you can't do that on your own. You can't go on with all this past baggage and forget it on your own. Only the, 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 the Lord working through you, you can see that person the way Jesus sees them, the way God sees them. You've seen that person through Jesus' eyes. And they look very good. And you'll start treating them the way that the Lord, out of a response of the love that the Lord, man, I need to get this tape. The, 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 the love that the Lord has for you, then that, that way you're able to give that to your spouse. And you're seeing them, not in their behavior, not the things that, they don't, that you don't like about them. You're actually seeing them the way the Lord sees you. Valuable, accepted, highly favored. See, forgiving, forgiveness in the new covenant, old covenant forgiveness you, that you forgive uh, after, they re, after they repent. <laughs> new covenant forgiveness, forgiving one another even as God through Christ forgave you. So when you lash out at your spouse, it's really out of a lack of understanding of the Father's love for you. Whenever you're angry with someone, your anger for them, uh, it, they're controlling you. And that's actually the devil controlling you. See, when Christ lives in you, and you lives through you, you're not as sensitive. Your anger, see, you've got to ask yourself, why am I angry? Because what, what you're doing is you, it, it's a really, and all of us get angry. But see, get back to looking to Jesus who's a center, and focus on him. Let him live through you. How does he see your spouse? Because, see, when you're angry, you're self-centered. I'm not being taken care of. And I'm frustrated about this situation. And I, and I, and I, and I. Now, I know Jesus loves me, but what about them? What about her? I know what the Lord thinks about me. Well, what does he think about him? What does he think about your spouse? What does he think about her? See, grace isn't just not about just all, all what he's doing for you. Hmm? Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't love her like I used to. I don't love him like I used to. Thrill is gone. BB King. The thrill is gone. 
You're talking about a feeling is what you're talking about. Well, shouldn't we have some feelings? Yeah, but when you make a decision to love them, now I know you want to go to, I mean, you want to go to these five-week marriage, five-day, seven-day marriage seminars. I'm giving you one that, that, just this quick. Don't look at me like I can't do it. I agree with you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You can't do it. All them rules and steps. I couldn't do them steps. You do what you want. I couldn't do all them steps and these principles and how you do all these things. I like quite quick. I'm done with it. You put me on the, one of them marriage seminars, I'm like, I'll scream. Like, God, God, come on, come on. It's too much. Let me just let Jesus do it. <laughs> That's too simple for some people. And it puts a lot of marriage people out of business. The marriage counselors and psychiatrists and stuff. One guy, he told Joseph Prince, he said, he's a psychiatrist. He said, look, if people believe the stuff that you're talking about, he preaches this finished work. He said, if people believe this, he said, we wouldn't have a job. I don't make a lot of mental issues and mental health and all that kind of stuff. All, all that is people self-centered. Depression, self-centered. Self-centeredness. Now, people, they'll look at me, I'll oversimplify things. Yeah, but when you take Jesus out of the equation, or Christ do it, that's a cop-out. You don't know Jesus. I don't even know when I stopped being harsh to my wife. And I never tried to stop. It wasn't no seminar. Now, I get tempted. And I, got, I have moments. Something might slip out, you know, but I get right back to Jesus. And if I'm mad at her, I'm like, why? Okay, what am I not? I'm, I need to get back up, up under this love sprout. Now, she still does some of the same stuff that used to frustrate me before. Huh? How many of you want to hear some of her faults? <laughs> it don't, but you know, we, we all, uh, if she got up here, she could tell you mine. But I'm telling you, how many, of you, how many of you got spouses that are perfect? So what you going to do? Huh? Well, I got, I got my spouse. We're having a good week because they, 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 um, they're following these steps. And they're doing good. They're following them steps. But see, it breaks down. What if they have a day they don't want to do them steps? question is, what are you going to do? Here's a crazy thought. Love them unconditionally. What about unconditional love? 
Oh, yeah, that's how Jesus loves me. How do you want him to treat you when you mess up? Of course, you don't mess up, but every once in a while you do. How do you want him treating you? Do you want Jesus reaching back into your past? Man, he eliminated that stuff, didn't he? I tell you what, Jesus will put the joy back in your marriage. He put the joy back in your love life, man. Come on, somebody. Man, it's a beautiful thing. You can't do it on your own. <laughs> we got the one scripture. Look, what? You know what? I just got caught up. I got caught up. It's time to go. It's time to eat. Some Popeye's chicken or something, man. Thank you, Jesus. Did anybody get anything out of this today? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I think I might start a ministry called, like, called the Ministry for the Rest of Us. Because perfect people, man, I can't, I, I can't they, you know, it's not Facebook marriage. Everybody's got their best face on Facebook. <laughs> Ain't nobody posting, some of the foolish people do, but, the, you know, taking pictures of when they're fussing and fighting. No, they always... Let me tell you something. I don't care, man, who you are. You're going to have arguments. You don't, you see, you see me up here all the time. You don't see me when I'm corrected my wife. <laughs> huh? Amen. I'd have a great marriage if she just did everything I told her to do. Oh, she, if she just would do everything I told her to do, we'd be cool. How many of you know they don't do that? They, they, huh? How many of you know your spouse, they don't do everything you tell them? You, you've got all the answers. I relate, anybody, anybody relate to me? You've got all the answers. If they just listen to reason. But how many of you know sometimes they don't, they don't receive what you say? They've got a different point of view. Huh? So what are you going to do when they, when, they, when they come to you with this nonsense? Like, their ideas. And, and then their way to look at it. It's different than yours. It's like, where in the world did they get that stupidity from? I thought they were saved. I thought I married somebody who was saved. This stuff sounds funny, though. It sounds funny, but it's, it's just. So I got, I'm going to start a ministry for the rest of us dot com. Let me go ahead and take it before somebody else gets it. Because sometimes the people that got these. Even these guys teaching this marriage seminar. I remember TDJX, he told me I spent six hours with him one on one. 
he, he preached that night in Miami. We were in Miami. And uh, he told me, he said, man, now this was years ago. It might have improved some. I don't think so. He said, about all these marriage books out there are garbage. He's like, who are these people they're talking about? <laughs> Ozzy and Harriet types. Well, some of that's too, going too far back for some of y'all. But, I mean, these things like um, just perfect. The Huxtables, maybe you can re- relate to that. But uh, just, 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 you know, TV stuff and households, it's always perfect. Nobody lives like that. Huh? And, you know, all of us get off and we just get Jesus back in the center, you know, and we, we, just, we just recalibrate by looking at Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. It is really that simple, really. Lord, love my spouse through me. Wow. I, I'm telling you I'm a witness. I don't even know when. I changed, and I don't even know it. I can't even put a date on it. All of a sudden, I woke up, you know, and I just saw things differently. I was just, it was Jesus. I, was, I would see stuff that used to frustrate me. It don't frustrate me anymore. It's like, wow, isn't that amazing? You could try it on your own, or you can let him do it. How do I see Jesus? See him in his word. He was never, he was always calm. Huh? There's only one time he was in a hurry. And um, that's another story for another day. But when he ran after that prodigal son. That's a picture of the father. When he ran after that boy that was lost. And he was far away from home. And he came running after him to show him his love. That's the only time we see a picture of of the father in a hurry. When he's running after after you with his love. Every hip hop. Thank you, Jesus.